Hello. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, I am going to be honest. This is going to be very weird. Um, it's been a long time since I've done anything related to media, especially, you know, my own thing or anything remotely. Uh, like a podcast. Um, I don't have anything prepared. There's no script here. There's nothing. There's nothing. Um, I am trying to do this just completely free of anything like that. And so I apologize if there are pauses and... If you bear with me while I look for the next sentence or the next word or something, I hope you forgive pauses and and stutters and erms and ums and ahs, and I appreciate it ahead of time. Like I said, I have nothing prepared. I don't. I I I don't really know what I want to talk about other than what is on my mind. I don't know. I don't have a title for this. I don't. I don't know if it's a series. I don't know if it's something that I actually want to do. I'm literally sitting here, mostly in the dark, illuminated by my a few lights, a few small lights, a. TV with slow crashing waves and rain, very calming visual. I have my computer screen here that's recording my voice that I'm turned away from and I'm just looking at the rest of the room and I have a few bookcases here with a lot of Stephanie, my fiance's books on them. And I'm recording this honestly because I feel like I have so much on my mind that I just need to talk through. And I feel like this is a great outlet. And so I don't know how you guys listen to your podcasts or anything. I like to listen to them. I like to listen to music during my workout. It sort of motivates me, you know, have have the beats and the sounds and the music. But as far as podcasts go, I like... Uh, and uh, just trying to like keep my brain company while I'm doing whatever I'm doing that might be monotonous. I use it to not feel alone. And I know that sounds scripted and like I have this big dramatic theme. I honestly, I have nothing. I have, I, I have a cup of tea here and I brought my bottle of honey from the kitchen into this office with me just to sit down in front of a microphone and talk because the fact is I'm sitting here at night about a day, not well, no, not even a day since a white supremacist had, you know, shot and 
killed. I don't even know what the number is, to be honest, because it has been so depressing that I have, I've, I've been unable to keep my attention there because it's just so horrifying that this white gunman shot people at massage parlors and it's on the heels of several incidents that well first of all hate against against asian americans has people and people of color have always been a thing and the overwhelming amount of privilege of people to just go about their lives and not think about it and not do anything about it. Say, well, I've never had experiences like that, so that doesn't feel true to me. Or I understand what they're saying, but I'm not Asian or I'm not, I'm not discriminatory against Asian people. I just... The fact is, people like me have had the overabundant amount of privilege to to just not have experienced anything like what Asian people and people of color and black people have 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 had to go through all their lives. And for some reason, that's a lot of people. It's hard for a lot of people that look like me to admit. I've sat in silence and tried to think about it and figure out why it's so hard for white people like me to ad admit it. It's not hard for me. And those same people who, for some reason, it's just so hard for them to believe that they've had a privileged life in their middle-class homes. <laughs> It's so hard for them to believe that because they've never ex actually experienced racism. It's so hard for them to just admit that they haven't. And for them to admit that... That they need to just acknowledge that and help... And, and help and speak out and look out for somebody... I don't know. I don't even know if I'm making sense, to be honest with you. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of hate happening. And you'd think, you'd think after the year we've had, you'd think it was, it was a year to the day a few days ago where everybody was just recapping the past year and how crazy it's been. And it was like a look back at, wow, a year ago we locked down. People all over America were sharing their stories of, their, of the last year. And it's like, yeah, the last year was hard on a whole lot of people, myself included. I had family members sick. I had a few family members get COVID. I was very close to having to say goodbye to family members, thinking that I'd never see them again. 
I've had stress and personal employment issues of my own over the last year. I get it. I've seen the actual effects of the past year. But not once did I think during George Floyd and the summer of, of you know, protests and peaceful marches and stuff, did I think, yeah, I know what that's like, but eh. Or I don't get it. I mean, Jesus, people are so divided about stuff. I don't get it. Stephanie and I were walking into a Michael's art store here in Buffalo. This was pro- this was not long ago. This was probably two months ago at this point. Snow was still on the ground, <laughs> which to Buffalonians, that doesn't mean anything, you know. Snow was on the ground like yesterday and now it's sunny and 54 out. So that won't mean anything. But, you know, it was it was a few months ago, closer to New Year's and Christmas time. And we were on our way into Michael's and we literally had somebody buy. to the store because they weren't wearing a mask, this husband and wife. And instead of instead of not taking it personally, instead of instead of being the better person and not making it political, they made it political and bod at us, which I just want to be perfectly clear. I don't care. I don't think about this all the time. I it is it is such a funny story that Steph and I tell to family and friends, like we were bod at. And what's crazy about it and why I bring it up is like in, in this woman's head, she was making some big gigantic political statement by going, bah, you know what I mean? Like it was such a, it, it was so in her head, it was such a big statement what she did. She looked at these two young adults walking into a Michaels and said, bah, and she thought, she thought she was being, you know, she was making this grandiose statement about like, hey, we're not sheep. We're not just following the rules. And yeah, you go ahead and walk into that Michael store. Bah! But all I kept thinking about the rest of the night and what I still think about is she thought she was making this big statement and really she was just making farm noises. She was just making animal noises in the middle of, you know, one of the busiest shopping districts in Buffalo. And I just thought it was so hilarious that I I don't know, it, it, but it 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 to me it was such a symbol of the absurdity of today's political climate and a lot of these people who just aren't on board with a lot of the social activism from over the past year. It's like it's like it's it's like the same people who ba at me for going into Michaels with a mask on are the same people who just for some reason, don't get that other Americans have different experiences in America than they do. And the fact that you grew up white, it's very hard for people to admit that there was an inherent privilege there. 
And I honestly, I'm not, I am, I, I, I you know, I don't come from a wealthy family by any means. I, I come from a fairly humble childhood. I, a lot of stuff in, in my personal life has been tragic and hard and hard for me to grow up through and into an adult. But, but yeah, I can look at a black person who is saying that he gets pulled over whenever he drives through a white neighborhood for nothing, for no reason. And I can honestly say that's never happened to me. I can honestly say that I grew up in a uh, diverse area. I grew up on a Native American reservation. I am myself am not Native American, just to be clear, but I grew up on a Native American reservation where race, ethnicity played a very important role. It's a very important culture. It's a very dignified culture and um, a culture that is still, you know, not spoken for uh, very well, by the way. And, um, and I would say that I still experienced white privilege in that area where it was, you know, predominantly, I don't know, predominantly Native American at one point, it was probably predominantly white, I guess, by the time I was in my teens, for sure. I don't know. I'm not really sure, to be honest, about the statistics of that, I guess. But but what I, what I mean is I, I still see moments in my life where I still benefited from being white, where I still benefited from being, you know, just having the class privilege that I've had. It's hard. It's hard to admit that. And I, I, I'll be honest. I I didn't want to for a long time. I mean, I know I'm only, I'm only twenty six, but I, I I've had, especially in my late teens, early twenties, where I thought, no, I I've earned what I've had, and and uh, I've worked really hard. I worked my way to where I am now, and you know, I'll be honest with you. I've had a lot of bad luck in my life, but I am the most lucky person I feel like in terms of the opportunities I've had and it took a while to get there but like I I am so lucky to have had some of the experiences I've had I mean to have one of my first jobs be on the air at a radio station that's ridiculous no no teenager gets that as one of his first jobs I can guarantee you that some element of that some not all by any means all of it is luck, by the way, but some of it has to do with the fact that I'm this non-assuming white teenage boy, and and I was given a chance that maybe a lot of people of color uh, weren't given and aren't still to this day. I mean a white kid walks into a radio station and asks for a job, he's more apt to get an opportunity to then a person of color or an Asian American or a Pacific Islander. I mean, people are just so divided. I can't get over it. The amount of Facebook messages I've had, the amount of direct messages I've had teasing me for my political views, teasing me for standing up for George Floyd and black people and other people of color for simply saying that what happened was wrong to simply say that 
you know, the years of systemic racism to just acknowledge, just acknowledging racism for some reason made me a bad person. Just acknowledging that all the shit that's been happening over the past year is wrong made me, I was picked on for that. And I've tried to talk to old friends about this. I've tried to reach out to them with no response all of a sudden now that I'm actually reaching out directly to them. People laugh reacting at my posts, people DMing me, people saying snide comments to me whenever I'd see them. That's ridiculous. And the utmost proof of racism and racial privilege. Can you tell I'm heated? <laughs> Can you tell I'm upset that I have a lot on my mind? I do. And these massage parlor shootings from over the past day is just another example. And I'm glad, look, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad there's this, you know, movement for it and everything. But it's important to listen too. you know, don't just like it and share it. Don't just donate. Do those things. Be, you know, be a public ally. Yes, but be a private ally. Do. One of the most important things anybody can do. One of the one of the best services you can give to anybody is to just listen, is to just be there. Let them speak. It's such a powerful thing. Even in heated situations, the most powerful thing you can do sometimes is just let the other person talk and talk and talk because they'll often say things that you were going to say anyway. They'll often, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, I feel like the more you listen to somebody, like, the more prepared you are. I don't know. The, the more... It just helps. It helps the conversation. It helps them. It helps you. It, it helps them feel like you're listening. It helps you to know, to gather every single thought and perspective before you open your mouth. I think it's one of the most important things people can do is just sit there silently while somebody is speaking with them and sharing their story. I don't know anything about the Asian American or Pacific Islander experience in America. I just don't. I don't know what it's like to be black or a person of color. I just don't. Never will. Not in this lifetime, my friends. Like, I just... So so, don't just be a public ally. Like, listen to those voices. Listen to those of whom you will never have that same life experience. Listen to them. They would be glad to tell you about it. Because it hasn't been a walk in the park. Everyone's got their story. Yes, even white people have their stories too, but there are certain stories and people who have purposely been excluded from systems and groups and cultures for too long and opportunities for too long. And I just keep thinking about how we got so divided, how we got here. I mean, 2016 was such a p pivotal moment in politics did that sort of change everything else that came along with it? Did we get so political in 2016 that now all of a sudden it's sort of shaped everything else? I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe that's... I don't know. I, I'm just so interested in that. I'm so interested to see how we got so divided. How And something that gives me hope, and it, again, I say this knowing that it might just be my white privilege talking. Honestly, it, it really might be. Uh, you know, my white privilege of having this kind of perspective and this, you know, naivete maybe. But I keep thinking that when you look back at history, uh, uh, how divided we've been, these most the most divisive moments in America in history, it usually like coincides with some of the most unifying with some of the most unity and it's not clean cut don't you know it's always easy to look back in history and say oh yeah uh you know jfk was shot in 1963 did we become more unified in the years after yes technically but don't forget there was a lot of people who agreed with the assassination of president kennedy so don't make the mistake in me saying this is clean cut. I know it's not, and and it's not. It's not. And racism isn't over just because we had some of the largest social justice movements and racial justice movements in history. It's the largest civil rights movement ever. But that doesn't mean racism's over. It doesn't mean, like, by any means, by the way. Uh, it ain't gone. Um... It just means that some of the most unifying moments, unfortunately, come from these sad situations. And that is a silver lining. So my hope is, now that we're still less than 24 hours since this massage parlor attack on the Asian American and Pacific Islander community, is that a unifying moment comes out of this. That enough people look at that and say, you know what? Yeah, that that was wrong. And I don't know what it's like to be Asian in America. I don't know what it's like to be a Pacific Islander or people of color or a black person. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm not I'm not just gonna I'm not just gonna share this post to my Instagram story. I'm not just gonna donate. I'm not I'm not just gonna like this status. I'm not just going to publicly talk about it. I'm gonna privately talk about it. I'm gonna call up an Asian friend I have and it's going to be awkward, but I'm going to say, Hey, look, I, all this stuff that's going on. Like, how do you, how do you feel about it? Like, I don't know what it's like to be Asian and I don't know what it's like to see all this going on from an Asian perspective. And maybe it's awkward and they don't have the opinion you think they're going to have, or maybe they do, but that's the whole point. Talk about it privately, read about it privately, become an ally in the true sense. Don't be performative about it. It's a whole other thing I hate, by the way. It's all this performative stuff. And I know that's hypocritical because I've I've done my share of it. But like there's a lot of performative stuff. And don't be that. Be true. Be you. Be you. And, and, and be there for people, be there for people. Yes, 
yes, I am one of those kooks who think that we have more in common with our neighbor than than we think. And yet we know less about them than, than ever in this technological age where we're not talking to each other. We know less about our neighbor than ever. And yet we have more in common with them than we think. And we got to start bridging that gap. We got to at least try to get from divisive to unity. Anyway, there's my tea talk for you. <laughs> I better uh, I better finish this tea away from a microphone so I stop uh, oversharing my racing mind. And I don't know. I hope whoever listened to this, whenever you've listened to this, um, I hope you... I don't know. I, I, I hope I've kept you company. And I just want to thank you for keeping me company. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully it won't be too long since, uh, or, or until my next one. Yeah, I don't know. This was nice. <laughs> thank you. Um, hopefully I'll see you soon.